It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Ragland. Hey, Vanessa Ragland. Thank you. How are you? I'm pretty great. How are you? I'm pretty great There's as well. There's a little burp happening. You're a little burpy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> now I'm ready to roll. Just to show you guys that we don't edit out a lot, that burp will be on the podcast. <laughs> and that I'm a real woman. There you go. It's great to see you on this Tuesday. Cole. Indeed. Uh, thank you guys for coming to the show. We appreciate it. Welcome to our home. First and foremost, <laughs> uh, we are almost entirely listener supported. That's the truth. That's right. We have a donate button on our website. And you can click it if you go to popmyculturepodcast.com. Every little bit helps. It sure does. And uh, we'll give you a shout out on the air. Yeah. And there's a little place in PayPal where you can write something and or you can email us um, at info at Pop My Culture Podcast and you can tell us if you have a preference how you would like your shout out to go down. Yeah. We, <laughs> sometimes we rap. Sometimes we bring out goofy celebrity impressions. Sometimes we figure out other stuff Sometimes too, we write romantic poems. That's right. But uh, <laughs> if you have a certain way you'd like to be thanked, let us know. It's we'll, our pleasure. We'd we'll love to. We'll do our best. Yeah. And we do have some thank yous to do this afternoon. So let's, let's bust through these really quickly. Um, okay. You know what? I, I would love it if we could get our friend tiny Catherine Hepburn. Oh, I don't know if she's available. Did you bring her? I did. She's in my pocket. Hello. Hey, Kate. How are you? Well, I'm having a day and a half. I've been in a pocket. Right. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. You know, I can't do this alone today. Oh, really? No, I just can't. Um, I have someone with me. Uh, Do you you mind if I... Sure, you have somebody somebody in your your tiny pocket? Uh, Yeah, it's in my pocketbook. Here here we are, here we are. My old pal. Hello, pal. Hello. This is my friend, Tiny Walter Matthau. It's me, Tiny Walter Matthau. Thank you for coming, Walter. I just simply couldn't handle it today, you know. I'm very excited to help you do the thank yous today. Walter, don't be so verbose. Let's just get into it. Can you give us the list, Cole? Uh, sure. Uh, first up is uh, Ian. Uh, take it, Walter. I'm busy. I'm going to have some tea. Ian, that's quite a moniker. Thank you for donating to the... Okay, Walter. Walter took some pills. You have to when you're as small as I am. Your heart isn't very big. It doesn't pump Everyone enough Everyone forgive blood. Walter. This is his first time doing thank yous. I'll take the next one, Cole. Sure. Give it to me. Uh, Mary. Mary. Mary, Mary. Quite contrary. Thank you for your donation. And that is how it's done. You are quite the wordsmith. Thank you, Walter. It's your turn. Hopefully you'll one-up yourself. All right. Uh, Walter, why don't you take a shot here with Hank? Hank. 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 We'd like to thank. That's what I was going to say. It was pretty good, right? Yeah, that was great. Thank, thank you very much. Walter gave you a nice thank you. I'll second that. Now, uh, one more name? Yes, uh, Stacy. Okay, Stacy, Stacy. No, you're placey. It's in the kitchen. <laughs> that thank you was a little racy. <laughs> oh, what I did there. Oh, Walter, that's funny. It rhymes with Stacy. It does indeed. <laughs> Oh, well, I think we're done. Are we done? We are done. I've got a tinier cigar I'd like to smoke. Okay, guys. Walter, you can't smoke that in the house, so I'm just going to put you guys on the I'm going to start a fire. Oh, my God. Um, Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, that was eventful. (laughs) Thank you, tiny, tiny celebrities that live in our pockets. 
Just because you're little doesn't mean you can smoke in my house. Right. <laughs> also. Kate's great. I, I don't know. I didn't think tiny Walter Matthau sounded anything like Walter Matthau. I did. I did thought you? he was a really special guy. Yeah, well. I love we'll him. Let's see if he comes back. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for donating. Uh, also, if you like the show, uh, wow, Street like Sweeper, show, come in Join by. the Space Aliens. I don't know if you can hear that, but a Street Sweeper just went by and swept away our dreams. <laughs> uh, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah. We love it, and it helps us get featured. Um, so that would be really nice, and it's easy to do. Yeah. You can also drop us a line anytime. We do get back, even if it might take a little while. Um, we'd love to hear from you with guest suggestions or just feedback. And you can email it as, us at info at popmyculturepodcast.com. Yeah, we look forward to reading your email. We surely do. We do. Uh, I think that's it. Let's get to I our awesome guest, shall we? I'm excited. Here we go. <laughs> Our guest today, he's a founding member of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, he's also stars on HBO show Veep. Matt Walsh is here. Welcome. Thank you, Pop My Culture. You Thank you so for having welcome. me. welcome. Thank you for coming. It's lovely to be here. It's a beautiful day and lovely neighborhood. You Thank look you. real cuddly today. Uh, it was chilly last night, so I put on a little thermal. You know, oh. I didn't know how the weather was going to roll out this far south. I love it. Yeah. A little uh, White Sox thermal. Old school White Old Sox. School. A gift from a good friend of mine. Yeah. Nice. The 70s White Sox logo. Nice. Yeah. Looks good. I kind of wish more teams would wear the throwbacks every once in a while. Yeah. Especially the really hideous throwbacks. Like, like what? Uh, like the Padres' old uniforms. Or oh, the yeah. Old uniforms. With the fryer on it? With the fryer on it, yeah. yeah. A fryer? Like, which spelling? F-R-I-A-R. Like a bald man in yes. a yep. robe? Cappuccino monk. <laughs> yeah. Because they're the San Diego Padres. Padres is Based Spanish on the mission for- in San Diego. Yeah. Hey, do cappuccino monks have anything in common with uh, capuchin monkeys? The monkeys were named after the they monks. They were? Yes. There you go. Because they look like the monks. Oh, my gosh. I wonder who should be flattered and <laughs> what's going on in that situation. <laughs> the monks are like, really? Really? Okay, great. If I hadn't taken a vow of silence, I would give you a piece of my mind right now. <laughs> um, well, welcome, Matt. They're not as fat as the monk. I feel like the, the traditional monk is fat. Right. Mm-hmm. The monkeys are And skinny. the traditional monkey to live can't do that. You can't pack on the pounds if you're a no, monkey. No, you fall out of a tree. Yep. Yeah, you, <laughs> you don't see too many fat monkeys <laughs> out there. No. Oh, that's really a monkey know. that's gotten too comfortable, and that's dinner. <laughs> Unless they live in a tourist destination like a zoo or right. a park. Or Costa Rica. Those monkeys are bold and chubby. Oh, yeah? They know. They, they get a lot of things. garbage. Yeah. Because people Never are like, been? oh, a monkey. Guess what? Monkeys can be mean, folks. Monkeys are often yeah. mean. Yeah. yeah. Yep. To be mauled by a monkey would be a nightmare. Oh. And incredibly strong. That's what I've heard. Incredibly strong, yeah. Uh, I don't like thinking about monkeys mauling me. I love Coco the gorilla. That's all I love. Coco, the sign language gorilla? Yeah. It's really remarkable. Who's, uh, was that Jane? What's her name's gorilla? No, Penny, um, Penny Marshall. No, not Penny Marshall. Penny, Penny Marshall? <laughs> Penny Marshall's gorilla? Uh, no, that was Penny Marshall's gorilla, actually. Yeah, he was, she was, was in Big, name? wasn't she? I'm looking it up. Penny The, the gorilla somebody. actually directed a league of their own. A lot of people don't know that. And <laughs> he just kind of helped line up the camera. But the gorilla pulled it off. <laughs> Will you look it up, John? Okay, great. No crying. Baseball. No cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, speaking of movies, okay. we are, uh, it's, we're in late October now, which means it's the start spooky of time. awards bait oh. season. Mm-hmm. It's also spooky time. There mm-hmm. are movies. Thank you. <laughs> there are spooky time films being released currently. Every day. Uh, pretty much. So right now it's either like horror schlock or like potential statuette films hitting Ooh. the multiplexes fancy mm-hmm. cool that's right um so they're starting to come out and there's some pretty good ones thus far um yeah argo just hit last i know week. did you see it i saw it i liked it a lot Me yeah, too. i thought it was very good not great 
That would be my review. Yeah. Because um, my thing about, I won't spoil anything, but there's a group of people that get rescued. You don't see the stress or the personalities of them get developed. No, and it's it looks kind of, pretty comfy-ish. It is comfy, you know? but still, like, there's a little bit of infighting, but I think there was a lot there. But it's a very good movie. Like, highly recommend it. Like, I thought work. it was great. I have my beef with it. And you saw it too, Cole, I right? I did see it, yes. I thought the end, and this, again, is not going to spoil it, but I thought it didn't hinge on anyone's skills enough. It just hinged on, like, movie timing. You yes. Know? And I kept wanting somebody to do something that mattered. And those pivotal moments instead of There was editing. one moment at the airport where the guy steps yes, up with the Farsi. So, I loved yeah. that part. Yes. And he did this. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was that good. That was really good. And he learned Farsi for the movie Scoot McNary. Really? His name. Yeah. Scoot McNary? Scoot, Scoot McNary? Scoot McNary yeah. wow. learned Farsi. Nobody saw that coming when he John, named him. <laughs> but Scoot was a nickname he had as a kid and it stuck. So. Well, really? Scoot knows Farsi now. That's right. <laughs> He did great. Scoot was also, I believe he was the lead in that movie Monsters, that like low budget um, movie oh, that they and, shot. Wait, was that? No, that's not him. Um, the guy from Sound of My Voice, if you guys saw that movie. I did not Brit see Marling, that. that was a great movie. I heard that was good though. He, the lead in that was one of the guys and I thought he did a great job too. I hope he kept, keeps getting work. He's good. In my screening of Argo, this cracked me up. Like on the end credits, not ruining anything, there's a Jimmy Carter voiceover. Yes. Him talking about, yeah. like, I couldn't tell anybody, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And some woman in the crowd that I was with starts hissing during his voiceover what? and then goes, you didn't solve anything. It was Reagan or yeah. something. And, and all of us in the theater are like, what? One, he can't hear you. It's not like <laughs> they haven't developed that D yet for movies where you could talk back to it and have a conversation. That doesn't happen. It's not an iChat. It's not, it's not a Google Hangout. <laughs> it's, it's a film. And everybody's like, what are you, what? Are you trying to educate those of us at the 11 a.m. showing on a Saturday morning? Yeah. Oh, and the other thing that was funny was at the end when they do the side-by-side comparisons, they like nailed it. The costume and makeup people of how those people looked except for one mr ben affleck who the only shot they showed of who he was playing was like a faraway profile (laughs) of like a chubby very obviously hispanic man yes (laughs) it's like oh okay they made a casting exception that one time well his last name is what mendez i think yeah Yeah. they say like one time yeah and he's like my name is ben mendez (laughs) yes that's kind of it yeah but it's I like, love the '70s. Like that's so fun to go into that world. Like the hair, oh, and the they mustaches, did it up, smoking and everywhere, smoking yeah. in the cars. It was great. Yeah, the look was pretty incredible. Everybody yeah. should see it. I think it was a really good movie. It's good. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's a solid movie. That's the one thing that's surprising about Ben Affleck is. is like what a good director he is. Like yeah. no one never would have thought that coming out because he was always like in the Matt Damon shadow of like he's okay, but Matt Damon's the real talent, the real actor, or whatever. And then he They're started directing, and now it's like whoa, all right. And he found one opportunity for a topless shot. <laughs> Um, I don't when he was putting his shirt on, I was like, "There." It oh is. yeah. Um, because what was the last movie? I can't remember the name. When you say topless, I think of women. Yes, I never think of men. <laughs> That's because you're a man. Oh, okay. <laughs> women love men. Topless. Uh, the shots. town was yeah. His last the town. Movie. You know when he's doing his pull-ups, and everyone in the theater is just like, "God." No, I don't, oh. I don't remember that part. Okay. I mean, I, I remember. <laughs> I remember the part of the pull-ups, but I don't remember everyone in the theater being like, "Everyone, yeah. everyone." I don't. I don't remember that. the pull-ups. I w- even. You don't? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh! Work of art. Yeah. Work of art. <laughs> He's a director, and he has a fabulous work ethic for his body as well. Next. Good to know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's something. That's something. Yeah. Done. It is. So him <laughs> taking his shirt off is a bonus to Argo. Well, I didn't know if it was a bonus so much as I was like, because I thought in the town, too, I was like, and Mr. Affleck planned that shot and planned the shot. And so it was that moment of like, I don't think we needed to see him in the hotel room, like putting his shirt on, but there's like abs, abs, abs. That's yeah. when you can really see the director's vision. 
playing at. I mean, it really did have, I mean, and to ratchet up the tension in the last, like, 30 minutes or so, like, so many, like, movie timing moments in it. Oh, of, it was, like, editing, editing. Like, it, like st- stupid coincidence, stuff. Coincidence, like, coincidence, uh, and, yeah. And this is, the, the, the one that kind of bothered me, and this isn't going to ruin, really ruin anything, but, like, back if, on the Hollywood lot, oh, like, yeah. it hinges on, like, John Goodman and Ellen Arkin getting back to their office and like being they're held up being held up they won't let them like walk across you just have so many smart people that you want like characters that are built up as being special smart people you want the big the big finish to hinge on their intelligence or their capability instead of like oh well that's good <laughs> or the other sort of ticking clock of assembling the shredded photos yes that yeah. was very mechanical yes absolutely sort of. Because there was nothing pushing it forward. It was just like, let's show that. Let's check back in. Yes. One more strip. One more strip is in there. Well, I think if they had, like, just gone to the airport, gotten on a plane, no big deal, (laughs) people would have been like, what was that movie? That was just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no, like a A and E biography yeah. or something. <laughs> they made their flight. That's cool. Is that weird? I, is somebody going through that declassified information? John and I were talking about that after we saw the movie. Of like, that's a crazy story that came out. Or, I mean, that was buried basically. Like the the whole rescue, the whole idea, and then they declassify it. But nobody's really announcing like declassified information. But somebody finds it to make. A property? Do you know what I mean? Like, how does that process? Maybe when work? they declassify, they like email Nikki Fink and be like, "Go ahead and put it up." <laughs> I think on when it was declassified, it, came, it was like seven years after the incident. It wasn't like super recent. I oh, think it's been out there for a while. Because okay. uh, at the end, when they had all those epilogue kind of yeah chirons, um, I think it came out seven or eight years after the event, and then uh, I don't know, Freedom of Information Act, or whatever. But yeah. but yeah, I think just like anything, you, you can. I guess that's a public domain story because right. it was government involved it's not like somebody wrote an article that's crazy yeah awesome so you don't have to buy i would imagine you don't have to buy rights unless they based it on a book about that event then they would have to buy rights yeah i want to look that up and see how it happened because i was thinking that's a bizarre skirt like scrounge of let's do that yeah it's a great story because i didn't know anything about that no neither did i i never heard it yeah i've never seen like a thing say based on the declassified document (laughs) (laughs) that would be neat that'd be a change i'd watch it i would too did you guys see Looper? Yes. Unfortunately, I haven't. I really, I love a time travel story. Yeah. It's cool. It's a, it's a weird, it takes a turn. Like, I'm not going to ruin anything, but like it takes a turn and becomes a movie that you didn't think it was going to be, which I thought yeah. was really interesting. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked great. And I thought, I mean, I thought the makeup was great. The, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks insanely. Like, he did a fake. very good Bruce Willis impression. Yeah. And whoever built that face for him, it was great. It never looked like makeup. I mean, it was really impressive. Um, but I sort of felt the same way. I was really excited to see it. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, it was a good movie. I definitely liked it. I mean, yeah. I feel like it, uh, what, I, what I do like is that, like, there's just, like, a scene that you've seen in the preview where they're, like, in a cafe talking to each other. Yeah. And then in order to kind of deal with the time travel stuff, like, he starts, like, Joseph Gordon-Levin starts talking about it. Bruce was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. We could be here for days talking about this. It doesn't matter. I've heard that from everyone. Like, there's a funny moment where they basically say, don't get wrapped up yeah. in yeah, how it Yeah, don't get yeah. wrapped up in it, which is the filmmaker's way of saying, like, yes, this, there's That's a lot of ideas. Let's go. Yeah. There's a smart, lot of though. ideas. Yeah, very really. smart. It was smart and it was funny. Anything with time travel you can poke holes in because there's no way to plug up right. everything cause no. of because of the butterfly effect times a million with everything going on. Yeah. Well, so. and it's time travel. So it's like it's not happening right now. You know what I mean? It's not like something that anybody's going to find a concrete like, oh, that's perfect. It makes perfect Oh, and that it's fiction? Yeah. It's just like enjoy it. Enjoy but there has the to be a consistent logic. Yeah. To yeah. It's to making the story work. 
But that's what Bill and Ted did so well. Mm. They left notes to themselves. It always to go comes back, back to Bill and Ted. And then they did it. <laughs> that was definitely the smartest time travel movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's the, the only one, I think. <laughs> that's true. There's not many things I'm excited about at the theater lately. That was a relief of Argo. I hadn't seen a good movie in a while, just a solid movie in a while. I saw a bunch of stuff in one week because I saw Looper. I saw Seven Psychopaths. Which Did you like it? I, I heard do. that's fun. It's fun. It's My like sister it's loved it. Super crazy meta, like yeah, to the point of like like he's basically commenting on his own career through this movie, like and how people criticize him and mm-hmm. stuff, and and like I mean the main character Colin Farrell is a writer named Marty, and you know it's Martin McDonough's movie, yeah. so and it's him trying to write Seven Psychopaths, so the whole thing's like. Totally Does it kind of feel crazy. like adaptation? Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, except it's it's not quite the movie inside the movie kind of thing as yeah. much, but like it's literally like it's crazy meta. I, can't, I, really I don't know how to that. explain it, but I heard Christopher Walken's awesome in it. He's like, amazing. Bananas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His line readings are like insane. Like they're yeah. not like anybody would ever say that word that line, but it's like so perfect the way he does it. That would be so exciting as a writer to have your words on a page and then hear them come out with a totally different yeah. feeling behind them. A completely different cadence. Yeah. So you would not Yeah. Because even if you're doing Christopher Walken impression reading your script, you can't figure out what he would do. No. <laughs> He's just not a fan of punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> um, there it is. <laughs> That's the money shot. <laughs> it was pretty good. And then uh, one other thing I did see was Trouble with the Curve, which uh, oh, yeah. Clint Eastwood. Are you a sucker for a Clint Eastwood or a sucker for a baseball movie? Both. Or Both. a father-daughter so story. So for me, I was like, all right, this I will like. Um, and it's okay. What are your favorite baseball movies? Um, Gosh, Major League is one of my favorite all-time Bull Durham's good. Bull Durham's great. Uh, Field of Dreams. Out's good. Does Field that Bang the Gong Slowly or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a good one. Bingo Long, Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. Yeah. Whoa. Richard Pryor, right? Mm-hmm. Richard yeah. Pryor, Billy D. Williams. Oh, my Awesome, gosh. awesome movie. That is a good one. I do. I mean, there's something like, even though those things are always formulaic and they always, almost always. Field formulaic. of Dreams, I liked. I yeah. love Field yeah. of Dreams. Yeah. But Clint is like, I don't know. I mean, I saw it like, you know, a week or two after his chair thing. Oh. And, uh, but I don't think it really hurt that movie. They spaced it out just enough. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. Like, he's kind of a caricature of himself now in a lot of ways. Like, he's, it's just like every character is, get off my lawn. Like, yeah. that's every Clint character at this point. Um, did he direct? He did not direct this one. He didn't. This one he produced and he started, but he didn't oh, direct it. Really? He did, wow. I think he did say this is the last movie he's going to act in. Like, he's retiring from acting. He's just okay. going to direct. Um and it's it's all right. Yeah. Like it's there are scenes that are really good, and there are scenes that are really not good. Like there's <laughs> Justin Timberlake uh, plays this oh, like happy marriage. Justin Timberlake. Yes, uh, congratulations, congratulations, Justin. <laughs> got married. Just yeah, got married. to Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. Oh, they've been dating for a long time. That's right. I like Justin. He does so much stuff. Yeah, I like, I like him. him too. I I think he's fairly limited as an actor at this point, but like. I think the part was kind of hard to play in some ways. Like their scenes are, even are really good. He basically plays this like uh, he's now a scout, but he used to be a pitcher who blew his arm out, mm-hmm. so he's really young. And uh, but he wants to become a play-by-play announcer. Like that's his dream. So like the very first scene you see of him is him like driving along in his like Mustang convertible or whatever, and he sees like these kids playing like a baseball game at the side of the road. So he pulls over and starts watching them. And, and then it. takes out his little recorder and puts it up to him and starts calling the game. Mm. You know, hey, Alex Rodriguez, is that the play? And, like, that's the one thing I don't believe is, like, he doesn't sound good as a 
baseball caller. Okay. So like, there's just that. Like uh-huh. he's like, you know, oh, and the Yankees win, the Yankees win, or whatever. And it just mm-hmm. didn't seem like I, I would not want to listen to you call a game. Dude. <laughs> Sorry. And then of course the kids like look at him like he's crazy because they're oh, calling a baseball game. Who's that creepy old man in the dugout? Exactly. <laughs> he can be in my dugout. He's so cute. Yeah. And he can. Dance. I saw Frank and Weenie with oh, Alex. Yeah? It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Very Tim Burtony and uh, good. We saw at Comic Con a um, beautiful a panel. Well, yeah, well, the stuff yeah. is gorgeous. I went through and walked through the little museum they had at Comic Con of like all the pieces they built, and it's amazing. Yeah, like, just the construction that goes into that is so crazy. Yeah, yeah, that kind of I love that kind of animation. Anyways, uh, I, I saw Paranorman a while ago, and like that blew me away. I, think I saw the yeah, I didn't see that. It's one. really good. Is it? Yeah. yeah, it's very adult. Like it's like. I mean, I think kids would love it, but also, like, you know how when you, when people start to have kids and they start to, like, think that a kid wouldn't like it, but when you're a kid and you see stuff like that, you're like, I'm good with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like one of those movies because it's pretty dark and it's kind of scary at times. Um, but one of the things they do at the very end of Paranorman, at the end of the credits, is it shows a doll, like, get con- constructed in, like, time elapsed. So you oh. see, like, the framework and then, you know, all the pieces go onto the doll and then all of a sudden it stands up and starts walking around. So is that a stop motion? That it movie? is, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's that's pretty fascinating. That is such tedious tedious work. I love that it's still happening in a yeah. time where everything is being made in computers now. Like it feels good to watch things like that. It feels yeah. really good. I think it's all about variety, you know? Yeah. Like I mean computer animation's great, but when they put out a hand drawn movie, I'm like, Hey, I missed you hand drawn yeah, animation. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's I know it takes longer, but um But it feels so much warmer. Yeah. It yeah. really does. Yeah, I agree. And there's there is something like handmade that people i think still need to connect to like mm-hmm. if something's too polished and too digital i think they call it the digital valley if it looks too perfect you can't put yourself you can't in relate it. people yeah. audiences can't relate to it yeah. so they try to create something that looks a little flawed or not a complete replica of mm. reality because it's too spooky if like they're doing a digital recreation of people moving and faces moving if it's oh, spot yeah. on we don't really like it. Like humans don't like it. So they try to create it to remind people that it's just a recreation. It's not quite uh, a replica. You know what I mean? Well, that's why a, I think we yeah. like handmade sort of stop motion things. It's, I think it's innately appealing or it's something we understand. And it feel, like I think it activates your imagination more too. Yeah. Um, but I remember when there was kind of a craze with Polar Express and stuff like that when they were doing all the facial tracking kind of animation, you know, that was uber realistic. Yeah. Except um, for the eyes. It was creepy. Exactly. That's exactly the phenomenon I'm talking about. You don't want that. There's something in us that doesn't want that. And it was like a few years where it seemed like a bunch of those movies were coming out. And I kept trying to... Because I love a lot of the stories they put out, too. Like, I loved the book Polar Express, and I was really excited about it. But those, it just really is freaky. It makes you feel like, just use real people <laughs> or draw something, because I don't like to look at it. Is Polar Express an adult book or a teenager book? Um, A kid's book. A kid's, kid's book. Kid. Yeah, it's a kid's like holiday a book. story book? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's like, I mean, Zemeckis was, like, totally obsessed with the technology forever. Mm-hmm. He's just been releasing movies in that technology, um, which I don't really like. But yeah. he's finally back to directing again. He's got that Denzel Washington movie, Flight, coming out. Which we'll be oh, to see. He's like actually made a be movie. Good. There was a good preview for that before Argo and my screening. Ooh, yeah. it looks so good and so tense. I'm stressed out to see it, but it'll be good. Yeah. Though, as, as far as effects go, like I do miss practical effects. I guess that's what they call them. And yeah. Something's in the room with them. Like, yeah. Like I would rather see a zipper on something on accident than like this weird special effect running yeah. around. Yeah. And then you know that's not in the room with the person and they're looking sort of at it or sort of by it, you know? No, it's such a relief when people are using, like, in-camera stuff. 
you can just I don't know. I yeah, like I to think feel... the stakes are there for a viewer. Like you yeah. almost feel like worried for them or whatever because the reality makes you invested in it. But yeah. If it's so distantly recreated, then you're not invested. Right. Yeah. And that's I agree. Absolutely true. Yeah. Totally. Speaking of creepy. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I think we need to talk about oh, Autom. No. Autom is a robot that makes you stick to your diet. Uh, it was hmm. developed in 2010. It's coming to the U.S. in 2013 for an initial cost of $199 plus a 1995 a month, kind of like subscription fee. And what it does is Autumn sits in your kitchen counter and chats with you about your diet and health goals. It also uses oh. a computer and cameras to track your head and make eye contact with you if you're moving around. Oh. Then the bot will ask you about your habits, share motivational tips, <laughs> and give you personalized suggestions based on your recorded information. Yikes. So basically it's a naggy diet robot that <laughs> will follow you around the kitchen and be like, put down the ho-ho, Cole. Oh, no. You don't want this. I don't feel good about that at all. It feels like good for an old person living on their own. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and then it shouldn't be Which about diet Which I think is going to be a movie. Isn't there a movie yeah, where a guy gets a, an old guy great. gets a robot? Yeah, What's Robot called? and Me Frank. And robot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. With Frank Langella's in it. Yeah. Yes. That looks so good. Yeah, it's supposed to be fantastic. Yeah. Can't wait for that. But you're right. It is like, uh, it reminds me of a Furby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had those Tamagotchis. Like Yamagotchi, those, yeah, yeah. Um, feed me, all that stuff. But it's hor- something else to judge you in this world. Yeah. I don't want that in my kitchen. Plus motivational phrases from a robot. <laughs> yeah, <don't>. yeah. <laughs> Live your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Low battery. <laughs> oh. What do you know, robot? <laughs> Follow your heart if you have one. <laughs> Stay in the moment. <laughs> Every day, one day at a time. You need friends in this world, not robots. Here, let me hang this kitten out of a tree for you. <laughs> Reach your goals. <laughs> Oh, I get it. <laughs> I thought you were with... hanging a cat. No. <laughs> That's a mean robot. <laughs> Sometimes they turn evil. That's what I'm saying. Autumn like... will have your best instincts <laughs> first, and then things will change. And then find your weakness. Go ahead, eat the pie. <laughs> it won't hurt you. You deserve it. <laughs> Becky, you had a long day. That you should use kill. some bacon. We should kill your sister-in-law. <laughs> She's a bitch. <laughs> There's too much technology judging us and making us feel inferior. And that, that's definitely coming from my own point of view. Well, that's, <laughs> that's like, not a real you know, thing. we have the Wii Fit. Have you, either of you guys have the Wii Fit? No. We have Wii, but we don't. So the Wii Fit, like, there's a little, like, balance board slash scale thing yeah. that you use. And, um... You know, it weighs you in and it shows you, like, it charts yeah. stuff for you. But, like, it makes you feel like shit. So, like, when you haven't been on in a little, like, if you haven't done it in a little while, it, like, yells at you. It's like, you haven't been here. Like, it's been three weeks. And then Ooh. it will, like, it'll I show you your weight. I never play with that toy. And it'll show you, like, what you lost or what you gained or whatever. And then it'll say, like, whether you're overweight or whether you're, like, it just makes, it starts to nag you after a little while. Why too. won't you friend me on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> My request is in your inbox. <laughs> oh. But it, it, seriously, like, I stopped doing it after a little while because I couldn't, I can't, can't take, take the, the scolding. Like, like get, get, trust me, like, I, I'm doing this because I want to get more in shape or right. lose a little bit of weight. I don't need you to, like, give me shit for not doing as much as I can no. in my life. Well, you don't need another thing in your life exactly. to make you feel, feel, feel bad about what you're not doing with your life. We <laughs> are full yeah. up on that right yeah. now. And I know there's a weight problem, like a huge obesity epidemic happening, but I don't think the answer is robots and machines telling you what to do. I think we have to get away from them to get better, not invest in another one to be like, okay, well, this is like, that is your goal. That's how you're going to stick to your goal is buying a robot. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, don't buy the pie. 
But all, all we fit makes me want to do is be like, all right, fine. You're going to yell at me. I'm just going to put in Super Mario Brothers and play that for 10 hours. <laughs> Drink beer. Let's see who wins now. <laughs> yeah. Bash, yeah. bash, bash. You work for me, we. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It might be we, but it's really I in this oh. scenario. All right, we. I put the I in we. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the two eyes. We I. Oh, yeah. Why do they spell Yeah, we like have that? a we, but we don't use it. Just because it's another piece of technology I can't yeah. figure out. Did you have a like a impetus to get it was it like we want to bowl it for the or... uh, kids for christmas like two years ago now, mm-hmm. two christmases maybe three i don't even know and it just sits right by the dvr <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we've ever when my nephews or nieces come over they they plug it in and teach us and but... they know how to work it <laughs> so yeah yeah i think i own a ton of video game systems but i don't really play video games much anymore at yeah. all but i still have them all like what all games do you still play occasionally it's been a while. I mean, I used to play all the fake band games, you know, like Guitar Hero and mm-hmm. oh, Rock Band, stuff like that. But then I also have, like, I have, like, an Atari 2600, so I'll play, like, you know, Frogger, Defender, those kinds of things. Or the original 8-bit Nintendo, and I'll play, like, Mario games or DuckTales. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, yep. yeah. Yep. All that stuff. Yep. Which uh, I'm looking forward to Wreck-It Ralph. Gotta be oh, honest. me too. Yeah, that could be fun. I agree. Great cast. I think cast. that would be good. I think it's going to be cast. really good. Yeah. yeah. Great cast. Oh. Including the video game cast too. They got they got everybody, guys. They got Qbert, they got Frogger. <laughs> so who made that? Was it a Nintendo? Uh, Disney game? made the movie. Okay, but uh, I think what they did is, and and at the Comic Con yeah. panel, John C. Riley said as much because somebody asked about the licensing, and he said like, look, I think they went to these people and they're like, look, Frogger, like <laughs> we've. We're doing this huge Disney movie. You get to either be part of yeah, it. Yeah, either be part or of it or don't. Still be Frogger. You're, you're so, and then I think everybody just kind of started, you know. Getting like, on the bandwagon. It's a big commercial for everybody, really. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. The The clips have all looked really good, and that panel was really fun, too. Yeah. Really fun. I think it's going to be really cool. Oh, my gosh. It's always interesting when you see, like, when they did Roger Rabbit, and they had, like, all the Warner Brothers and Hanna-Barbera, like, yeah. in the same world. And that all I can think of is like, again. how did they negotiate those deals? <laughs> yeah, like does You're someone still say, a child at heart, aren't you? <laughs> you can have Bugs, but you can't kill him, and he has to get the girl. Like, do they have like their? <laughs> oh, I'm they, sure they must. That's have what that I mean. Like, yeah. It must be like, you can have Cubert, but you can't. But he can't he's not lose saying any cuss words. I don't yeah. yeah, keep him away from the snake. He can't. Yeah. He can't <laughs> tangle with the snake this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta wonder about that because I think they do. I think they definitely did have some stuff like that. I think one of the agreements was in Roger Rabbit because they had Bugs and Mickey and the yeah. same thing together was that they had to be like equal or equal screen <laughs> time. Equal screen time, like yeah. Yeah, I think that was one of the, like literally really? one of the things. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, I know just from some of our, our friends that do a lot of voiceover that if a character is doing something like being taken to something like Adult Swim, you know, if somebody wants to do a spinoff, that like the kind of paperwork of what their character is and isn't allowed to do is huge yep. because it has to stick to the mythology of the world and it has to kind of, you know, maintain its dignity. Right. Um, Plus, they're, they're writers. They're such divas. I yeah. Mean, Oh, yeah, Bugs needs X amount of yeah. organic carrots. Ugh, the worst. <laughs> I got to work with the Muppets once in my <gasps> prestigious career. I nice. think it was Piggy. There's oh a shrimp, gosh. Pierre the Shrimp. Pepe. Yeah. Pepe. Yep. And then I think Kermit was around a little bit. <gasps> but the people who are the actual puppet puppeteers and yeah. voice, voice people, they own the character. And when they're on set, they know the character so well, they tell the writers, no. I, so they're like the authors. Once 
you've been inside that character for years. If you're Elmo, if you're the voice of yeah. Elmo, and you go on the Tonight Show and they write jokes for you, he is authorized. He gets the final say. He gets the final say. So no, awesome. Elmo wouldn't do that because they love the character so much. They're entrusted with the protection of its, you know, image and all that. When were you working with the Muppet? It was like a country. It was like when uh, I think not country. When Nick and Jessica were together, Jessica Simpson and mm-hmm. Nick Lachey, they got a special on like CBS, and my friend was a writer, and he's like, "Come on!" And I played like a stagehand with a headset. Mm-hmm. I yelled at somebody or whatever. I had two seconds. Did you yell at Jessica? No, I yelled. Oh, the Muppets were screwing something up, oh, or they, or they needed something, and I couldn't help. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. I forget what it was, but it was really interesting to see. And I got lots of pictures with them. It was oh, quite quite a cool thing. That but is magical. It was interesting to see how they how that system works. Yeah, Very I loved. Have you guys watched the documentary Being Elmo? I no. haven't heard it. Elmo great. and Me. I can never. No, this Elmo is Being me. Elmo. Oh, um, it's great. It's on Netflix. It? But it's it's so inspiring. Yeah, is it? Um, it's just his story with him and the puppet and the way that he's like changing lives. I mean, the Muppet. Excuse me. Um, but it's just a really inspiring, like anybody can be anything kind of story, and realizing the kind of impact that somebody can have because he's taken it far beyond what what would be expected of somebody in his role, you know, to really. Meaning what? Like taking it far beyond? What do you mean? I mean, like going to see kids and like, oh. just taking, not not ending it with like I do Sesame Street. This is my thing. But he like, goes out in the world yeah, and brings Elmo and, and making people so happy and yeah. visiting all sorts of people. Like just really using that light in the most exciting way those people who realize the power really do great things like the it's uh, amazing who's it? the yo gabba gabba show yep. my mm-hmm. kids love that and we yeah. got to, i've done that show and i've met the people <gasps> who produce it Whoa. and uh the guy who plays dj lance is like exactly that guy yeah. he really believes in the power of his character will never say no to a photo like my kids came to wow. set and he is shooting three episodes a day and he's yeah. tired and he's losing his voice doesn't matter. He steps aside, takes a picture offset. Like they really know. I love that. And they always push to do more. Like they're really great people. Like they really, the people who do kids stuff and realize the power are great. Yeah, it's amazing. Like just taking that extra minute or two yeah. to do those things. And I know it adds up. But like, Yeah. And I you mean, must be so tired and so, so beaten. So tired and so sick sure. of being on probably. Yeah. But just to not let yourself go there. But they realize for that moment when a kid sees you. How powerful that That's is. That's their it? moment. Yeah, it's not you yours can, to take away. You can away. either yeah. make that kid's life, their yeah. year, their day, or tear down their walls. Yeah. Because yeah. if they meet their – it's like their hero. Right. You know? It is. And that their hero is a dick to them or ignores them, like that could That's seriously influence their behavior yeah. for the rest of their life. And to do that, like Elmo probably yeah. does, like 24 hours a day exactly. is incredible. Yeah. To never crack, to, to always own that and be a good guy with it is amazing. That makes me really I, – I love when you can see people's character like that. Of just, I think a lot of it is in children's entertainment because it's not really about being like super famous, even though there's huge followings. But I think to do that kind of work, which requires like a really high amount of energy all the time, and then to be a good person on top of it. And, I mean, a lot of those people are you know, amazing about hospital visits and doing all these trips of just yeah. like – Really using it to every good inch of them. It makes me so excited. Well, there's an episode of, I think it was Top Chef, where they had Elmo and like two of the Muppets or whatever. And uh, Sesame Street guys, I think. Yeah. And then um, one of the chefs has a daughter that's like really in Elmo or whatever Mm -hmm. like that. And just he had two seconds to like, he said like, oh, what's your daughter's name? I think she said like, you know, Cindy or whatever. And then he just went like, Cindy, Elmo loves you. And like did the thing like to the camera or whatever. Like, and that, that kid's like. Like yeah. mind blown, and like, it took him two seconds to right. do it. But you know, like that personalized touch with Elmo saying those things. Everybody be good people. It feels good, and it makes everybody feel good, especially the kids. Right? Yeah. 
kids aren't jerks. Yeah. When you get older, you can shit on pop culture. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's, that comes with age. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, one other nice news item, and mm-hmm. this ties into you, Matt. Uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are hosting the Golden Globes. I heard that. Which is that's so fun. exciting. I'm yeah. so excited. Which I think will be great. Sometimes they get weird combinations of people to do these things, but I think that will be that fantastic. That is a perfect combo. I know. when It's the kind of thing when you see that announced. Because usually, well, not usually, but often awards show choices are just like, okay, or like we're really trying to get a younger demographic. You know, it just feels very... Like who hosted pointed. last... I don't even know. I don't watch the Golden Globes, but the like Globes. Who, I'm trying to think who it was last year. Is it like year. Jimmy Kimmel? Because he did the Emmys, or is it like... No. We look it up. Yeah, trying to um, look it up. But I mean, I remember they did like the Oscars like two years ago. It was Anne Hathaway and James Franco, and that yeah. was like a weird... A little bizarre. A little bizarre yeah. kind little bizarre. of thing. Like, yeah. You know, at least these two are like. No, but that's one when you see it, you're just like, ah, that's perfect. Yeah, they're you know they one know they each other very together. well. They yeah. work together, <laughs> and they have a good rapport together, yeah. and they're very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. right. He did it like right. two years yeah. in a row. That's right. And it was, it was really very wicked. controversial. Yes. Yes. Very wicked. He pulls no punches. Yes, so yes. to speak. Which yes. you know I get. Because you know you're going to these award shows and you're not really there to be roasted, which is yeah. kind of what it turns into. By but with some Ricky ways, Gervais, it's also like he was sort of an underdog and outsider. Yeah, he was very lovable that way. But now he's like established and even looks a little more fit. He's part of the establishment now. He's become part that's, of it. Yep. That's what's different when he's being mean about the established actors. He's one of them. So he well, yeah, you kind of lose is, that right a little bit. I agree. I think it's different when you're you're an outsider and you're also yeah. like really like, working hard at what you want to do. I can't believe I'm just an idiot do. from England and I'm hosting the show. Right. That's one thing, but when you're when you're like a mega millionaire yeah. whose opinion really matters and then to be shitting on people it's more like it's and you're kind of one of them. Funny. It's more like you're just jabbing at your peers in a really direct way. Yeah. Ugh. Right. And I mean, it's like if they wanted to turn the tables, they could <laughs> There's a few things they could say about Ricky Gervais's career choices. Sure. And things, too. Anybody, to, yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, it's... But no one really takes him on. Right. Um, I wouldn't. <laughs> I know. Not going to win that battle, probably. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, uh... But, so, yeah, in the Golden Globes, too, they can drink, so it gets a little rowdier, right? Yes. Oh, they can? I they didn't do. know that. Oh, yeah. They drink. The hosts drink? Everybody drinks. Well, well the hosts host probably can. don't. Yeah. Got a lot to do, but the, everyone there... Yeah, you could see, like the room getting less settled as the show goes on. And people like get up and talk to other tables. Like it's, it's very informal, which is, I think the appeal of that show. Yep. Yeah. I had never thought about that. Are there, so Oscars, no drinking. Cause you're sitting. Well, I mean, you have in to the stay in your chair at the Oscars and yeah. it's much more formal. Right. Like, black tie feel. And Oh yeah. yeah. Having a show where you can drink that. Yeah. I don't think of... they sit at tables. Like the Oscars road seating and you're right. focused there. But the Golden Globes is like tables and there's food. It's like I a think. dinner party. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, like they'll bust a category out like in the first two minutes and then the four people that don't win start drinking heavily. Oh, that's times. why the reactions get better through the night too. Mm-hmm. You know how they shoot to the, like if you didn't win, those yeah. faces always get more like less veiled by the end of the night. You can tell like which people like are really conscious of the fact that there's probably cameras on them at some point, if mm-hmm. not oh, always, because yeah. they're always on in a sense yeah. that like they don't want to be caught you know, scowling at somebody or like rolling their eyes at some presenter. And you or shouldn't. Whatever. It's like keep be on your best behavior for four hours. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's really bad. Not to, there are cameras everywhere. Yep. You are on TV right now. Yeah. There really are. There we go. So you go way back with Amy as uh, Amy Poehler. Yes, yep. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, which is one of 
my favorite all-time sketch groups. And I have to thank yeah. you guys because um, listeners probably know at this point that I run SF Sketch Fest mm-hmm. up in San Francisco. And in our second year, uh, the UCB, the three guys, took a chance on us and came out. So and, amazing. Uh, now the festival's become a thing. Yeah. So thank you for that, man. I think we've done like 10 of them or something. I don't something know how like many. That. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've done... We're going into our 12th, and I'm sure you guys have done at least 9 or 10. Yeah, for That's sure. It's amazing. It's fun. No, no. It's very good. So you guys, um, well, you're from Chicago. Yes. Originally, as you have a Bears podcast. Yes, I do. Um, BearDownPodcast.com, America. That's right. And you beat my Lions last night. Oh, you're a Lions fan. I oh, am. How did that happen? Uh, I'm originally from uh, the Detroit area. So Which burb? Uh, I'm from Okemos, which is from near East Lansing. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so all my sports loyalties are to teach for our teams. Well, you have the Tigers. That's good. I do. Yeah. Thank God for that's that. That's awesome. Sorry for your uh, White Sox folding. Choke. Yep. <laughs> tigers are more bats. They do. They have a Verlander. They started being the Tigers, where they weren't for most of the season. They're underachieving. And yeah. They started actually playing it to their potential in the last month of the season. Uh, they'd be my odds on favorite to win the World Series, but I, hope I don't so. know. Yeah. I Just those so. bats. They have so many good hitters. Yep. Crazy. Ooh. And great, a great starting rotation, too. So, we'll, yeah. We'll see. But uh, so you're from Chicago. From Chicago. Um, and how did you get your comedy start there? What did you start doing? Uh, my first comedy gig, I did a variety show in my high school. <laughs> like we made <laughs> nice. fun of the teachers, and I got bit by the bug of praise and adulation for being funny. And then I did one acting class in college, and uh, I remember the guy who taught it. I went to get my. Uh, he kind of he was very good. He was this very effeminate, very gentlemanly, uh, very tall man, lovely. And uh, it was my first acting class. He's like, when you get your final grade, I'm going to give you uh, uh, a couple paragraphs of what you should work on and where I see you succeeding in sh- not show business, but theater or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, after we took our, we had to do a performance or a scene. So I went to the acting college afterwards and I was looking for him and I went to his office and he wasn't there. And then I read in the paper the next day, he got arrested for uh, fronting bail bonds. He would like <gasps> send bail oh bonds God. to Whoa. prisoners and they would forge them for him. Then they would send it. But the most unlikely candidate oh to be my behind gosh. like a forgery scam. How did they crazy. find him? So I never got... You never found out what you were I good at. I never found out <laughs> if I was going to succeed in show business. <laughs> You're still waiting. I'm still waiting for the verdict. But he wore like Doc Siders and like L.L. Bean clothing and sweaters tied around his neck. Like the most... Scholarly How did he looking... get involved in that? <laughs> Very strange. People all have secret things going on. Very strange. Wow. So that was my only acting class. And then when I was in my second senior year, my super senior year uh, at college, I discovered Second City taught improv classes. A friend of mine went and saw a show and he's like, dude, you gotta, you'd be funny. And so I would drive in like 90 minutes to, to the city once oh, a week wow. and 90 minutes back out to DeKalb. And then when I graduated college, I moved in with like five dudes and we had were they improv friends? They're all from these classes mm-hmm. I took. And then uh, we started a sketch group called Department of Works. And we had aspirations of being on Saturday Night Live. And we made dumb videos, like the classic, you know, it's going to happen. And then at some point, a couple of years, I was doing stand-up. And I met Besser and McKay. And then we, uh, Ian, and we kind of formed a Upright Citizens Brigade beginning group. And then you know, I was in and out of that. Uh, doing various things and I got involved in a place called the Annoyance Theater where we did like mm-hmm. parody musicals and we would lock ourselves in the theater for a week and create a show. It was very like full on theater but comedy and long story short I did Second City for a year and a half which is where I met Amy and then uh, moved to New York with the four of us from Upright Citizens Brigade in 96. Wow. That's basically like my Chicago uh, story. 
So it went full on. Yeah. What were you thinking otherwise in college? Like, what were you thinking? Oh, I was a psych oh, major. That's right. I was a psych major, and I worked on a psych floor for three years for adolescents as like oh, a counselor. Wow. And I thought I was going to do that, but it was way too depressing and very, you know, eating disorder kids and you suicidal kids and gangbangers yeah. and, you know, effed up parents walking on the unit. And you see, you just see them and you go, oh, I know why you're screwed up. You oh, know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So that was hard. And I realized that I would have, I don't want that responsibility. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> with psychology, I feel like this is like the boring part of the show uh, <laughs> for those listening. Psychology, I feel like if you're not perfect, you could really screw somebody up. And I didn't want that responsibility. That's amazing. If you gave a That's bad a diagnosis right, or you yeah, didn't no, that makes detect something, yeah. next thing you know, somebody's in a really bad state or worse. It takes a while to figure out that somebody screwed up because their childhood puppet hero blew them off. <laughs> I think that's where the questioning should always start. Did you yeah, meet Elmo? Did you, did you meet Elmo? How was he? What was he the was experience? <laughs> okay. Elmo all right, all right. You're going to go to the second floor, and there's a bottle of pills waiting for you. <laughs> See it yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. But I am obsessed with, like, post-college. I don't know what you guys did. What did you study in college? Film. Oh, right away. Okay. What did yeah. you do right, after, right out of college? Uh, not film. I basically like got disenchanted with it while I was doing it. So I my my degree is in like cinema with an emphasis in direction, but then I realized towards the end of it I didn't want to do that anymore. Like with I think I got more into acting and comedy and stuff like that. And my whole thing was like when you audition for a part, you either get it or you don't. But when you're doing film stuff, you gotta roll cable, you gotta like intern, you gotta do all this stuff, you gotta go through all this stuff. And I was kinda like, I don't really want to do that. And I didn't have the money to like make my own stuff, you know. That was before Stuff was cheap and readily easy yeah. to make. You know, technology wasn't there. Right, exactly. Because I, I graduated from like college. Well, I started in '94, graduated in 2000 because I slacked. But um, you know, it wasn't quite to where it was yet. It was mm-hmm. like you know VHS cameras or whatever like that. And you know, I learned how to edit like on a flatbed, like not on a computer. It was like straight yeah. up cutting film and putting it together, which was cool. Yeah. Like I'm glad I had that skill and got to do it because it was neat. But like, I don't really do that yeah. <laughs> that much anymore. So yeah, so I totally didn't did not stick with that and i decided to go into acting and what'd you do out of college i um studied theater in college and then i went to grad school for poetry Mm. and then left to come out here (laughs) um but i i kind of i always sort of thought i would be involved in some sort of like uh community theater and like running it and working with kids and stuff like that i i've always done a lot of stuff with kids and Somewhere along the way. And then I went to poetry, which was, I love writing so much. And it's like uh, still a a passion of mine. But it was just such a little insular world of like probably the only people reading what you do are the people that are doing exactly what you're doing. You know, Mm -hmm. like everybody's In your writer's group. Yeah, exactly. And it's just (laughs) like, I don't think I want to like, I don't want to do that. I wanted to be a little bit happier and more out instead of like so... Oh, did you read his chat book? Yeah, how was that? And then we went to the Podcast Academy. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Four years at Podcast Academy? That's got to be happening at some point, right? There's got to be some colleges out there that have like a course on like how to podcast. New media. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that that's got to be somewhere. Definitely. You could probably get a degree in new media. I'm certain of it. Yeah, you're probably right. Somebody... Oh, I can't remember the story, so it's not good. But I just saw something <laughs> that was like a college was offering something like podcasting as a degree. Um, and it's like more and more common. But it was something seriously like, really? What would yeah. you possibly do to work towards that credit? Like, I guess what you do in anything, just sort of bide your time and pass a few <laughs> multiple choice tests. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But my 20s, I thought I was going to be a psych guy. Yeah. So I was, I was always interested in people who... Because I think you guys are 
I think it's the exception. I think a lot of people get out of college and think they are on the track to what they're going to end up doing, mm-hmm. and then they go through those early 20s, and they figure, like, what the fuck am I yeah. doing? Yeah. Right. That's kind of what I did. Even though I was doing it at night, I really thought, oh, I should. It's like I should do something legit like psychology. So it okay. took a while. This just came in from John the Sound Guy. Um, there's a university that's offering master's degrees in podcasting, Twitter, and social networking. UK's Birmingham University. <laughs> I mean, Twitter. So. Wow. I've got a master's. I can't stress this enough, students. 140 characters. <laughs> wow. Matt, I need you to come to my office. Uh, your last three tweets were 180 characters. Oh, they didn't go through. I can't get it. I've Maybe got I'm a not a natural. Also, your entire essay was retweets. <laughs> And I we know. really are pushing for original work. <laughs> also, we're uh, we're discontinuing the minor program in Friendster. Oh, <laughs> sorry, it's gone. It's, yeah, I'm sorry to tell you this. Have to redo the coursework. That's my favorite format. <laughs> oh my gosh! How about linked? Can I can I still get my linked? Major? LinkedIn, uh, you can mine it. <laughs> You're linked out. Bring that take you out. Are you linked? <laughs> are you in the link? I just signed in today because I realized, like, I signed up for it whenever it happened, like mm-hmm. five years ago, and then um, I got another i'm always getting those emails like has invited you con- to connect with them so i signed in today and i was going to just click a bunch of like sure connect i don't use this and there were 200 yeah people waiting to connect and i was just like I can't, yeah i'm I not can't. on linkedin but i do get the things the, the, the one email notification that drives me nuts is are you on spotify that radio thing no i didn't sign up it's like i i, I signed up for, for a second and then i was like not into it yeah but i will get these emails a lot that are like Manuel has added a track to a playlist. I'm like, oh my God. I don't need to know when the world makes a mixtape. This is not, it, it should not be in my inbox. I think Friendster still wishes me happy birthday. Like, oh, yeah. that's nice. It's so weird. But yeah, hey, Link is another one that just stresses me. It feels like, uh, I don't know, a $10 off coupon from an oil change place. It's yeah. Like, right. I have no interest in this whatsoever. Yeah. What are we going to do with this? And are people really. Like, is that really part of people's success stories? Is I through LinkedIn? Because I think everyone is doing it with a selfish interest of like, maybe I can get a job. But the people you're connecting to, everyone wants jobs. Yeah. I don't think there's like a headhunter out there that's like, okay. It is business minded more than like Twitter seems yeah. social and yeah. frivolous right. in a good way. Yeah. And I don't do Facebook because that just overwhelms me too. It's a lot. Yeah. It is it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. Oof. Let's go back to ECB a little bit. Sure. <laughs> well, Ian, I bet uh, your psychology background has helped out with all the stuff you've done. I'm just figuring I out. I think how a little work. bit yeah. unconsciously. I yeah. don't think I uh, know that much anymore, but I probably did. Well, just the interest, fa- like whatever drew, drove you to that interest. Yeah, my fascination with what what's behind people's behavior. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that influenced at all? Like the one of the things you guys did, at least on your show, was your prank stuff. Yeah, so um, which what I, it's hard for me to watch some of those because it's they're pretty uncomfortable in the sense that yeah, you guys really <laughs> commit to those bits. Yeah, uh, were, were there ever any pranks you did that you guys thought like we're going to get into serious trouble or this is going to go super wrong? One of the early ones when when we were still in Chicago, Besser was dressing as the Unabomber and mailing packages at the post office. <laughs> oh so he looked like gosh. the sketch that they had in the post office, like glasses. <laughs> oh my god! Whatever gosh. that classic FBI number one <laughs> right. yeah. sketch was. And you can't bring cameras into a federal building, so you're already breaking the law. So we had hidden cameras, and he's. So that was like really scary. Whoa! Uh, did anything happen? Never. Did no. the pa- packages just go? He would just mail them to himself or something. 
But like they would go. Yeah, they were mailed and everything. I'm glad for the watchful eyes. Yeah. So that was a crazy one. I'm trying to think of another like uh, scary one. We did one where Besser and I dressed as characters called the Tate Brothers. Yes, I love the and we went brothers. to see Vanilla Ice when he was turn- turning into a rapper, ninety nine or ninety eight, and we were just jerks and acting like we were big fans. And at some point, his security guard was going to punch us in the face. And that, that one went a little dark. But that other than that, I have can't... you ever gotten hit for anything else? Never. Comedy? No, I don't. Have you ever gotten hit? Have either of you been in a fight? Mm-mm. Yeah, I think in like. <gasps> Probably freshman year of high school was the last fight I got in at a pool. Oh, ooh. Over just, what? It was like rough housing that turned it, hey, knock it off. No, you knock it off. Oh. And then just, it was like a Boom. fight. Quick, probably 10 seconds, you know. That's enough. You're That's not enough. Lose Vanessa, but I was always uh, short and a scrawny what? guy. So no. Somebody, uh, I always, like, whenever, I was always the sarcastic guy that, like, when a bully tried to pick on me, I would just say something that, like, his buddies would laugh at and then yeah. he would just like kind of diffuse it because he did, even though run. he didn't understand the joke sometimes he would just be like oh, all right whatever you know he'd like back <laughs> off because everybody else like was laughing at it yeah or whatever. yeah and, like, there's power in that yeah. there really is like that's the most my only chance is like i'm not gonna if i throw a yeah. punch it's not gonna do anything to you uh and then right. you're just gonna turn around and knock me out so i'm going to attempt to dissuade this by making some sort of joke <laughs> and it usually works and then scamper yep oh the last one cool. i was in was I think sophomore year in college, we were at a volleyball party. Some girl my friend was dating had a barbecue, and we ended up playing volleyball. So it was like her friends, and she was dating one of us, and our friends. And we were just like guys in groups of six or seven are always dangerous. They're not going to like other groups of guys. So the volleyball <laughs> game became really competitive, and we were good. And we, I don't know, we might have been cocky. Long story short, they <laughs> singled out my friend Sam, who was like the littlest of the bunch. And they were basically shoving him around <gasps> and picking on him. Meanwhile, the other guys were in the house, and I saw this, and I started being a guy like you, like smarting off and being sarcastic to divert their attention away from Sam. And then I, I don't know why I thought it was funny, but I, was, I started flexing my muscles like I was a bodybuilder, like, you see these? And then all of a sudden, like, five guys started chasing me <gasps> in the yard. And fortunately for me, like, at the moment where I was going to get hit in the face, I just kind of did a... Duck and to- roll. A ball on the ground, and and I just laid down, and the next thing you know, I looked up, and there was a pile next to me, and all my friends had run out of the house. Oh. And they had, like, finished They'd the fight. They'd protect you? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Buster Blue. But that's, style. like, the fight element, yeah. Keep it rolling. Oh, boy. Sure. Vanessa's peeing per usual. Oh, boy. She does this. Oh, boy. Uh, so UCB, there's... How many seasons do you guys do? Is it three? Three. And there's two that are out, but the third... Third is not out. Is not out. That's weird. I think the third one's coming out this year. Good. I, I hope so. There was, uh, we did some re-recording of some stuff, and I think we had some music rights issues that uh, we're replacing songs with. So hopefully uh, season three will be out. Cool. Sometimes they do that. Like, like, uh, they, they, they don't pot commit. Like, they'll put a couple seasons out and see like what the interest is. But I get that if you're doing a show that has like, 22 seasons or something yeah. like that, and you don't want to put them all out. But like you're two-thirds of the way there sometimes. And I also feel like, one, you own it. Like Comedy Central owns it. So I don't think it's that much to print DVDs or a limited run. Yeah. And I also think like since the DVD market is going away quickly, you might as well try to get in. While you can. While you can. Yep. Because I can feel like it after later. that, it'll be everywhere and it'll be free and people will be just tra- trading it with everyone. So you might as well make your last financial win. Right. So when you guys went to Comedy Central, um, you're, the, the pilot you guys made, what was it? Is it a collection of stuff or was it a show that you guys had done previously? Or did you it was a, a collection of sketches with like a unifying sort of arc. Right. Which was what we always tried to do. We tried to use this 
the Herald, which is an mm-hmm. improv. You have disparate spe- disparate scenes at the beginning, much like a Tarantino movie, Pulp Fiction, if you will. And then at the end, they come together in surprising ways. So we had like multiple sketches that we had done in Chicago and in New York for two years, time tested and audience, you know, tightened up for audiences. So we had a good, uh, good, a lot of resources of old sketches that we could bring in. So we used those and mixed it with live and uh, digital video stuff. Awesome. And then, and then we got picked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that show's really, it's very influential on a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, I know for us coming out, like, because I was in a sketch group in, um, in college, that's how we started the festival. It was, it was called Tilly Falls People's Me, Janet Varney, and David Owen, and Gabriel Diani. And, like, like definitely UCB and, like, Kids in the Hall, yeah. Mr. Show. Like, those were, like, all kind of the influence. And Saturday Night Live, Absolutely. of course, too. But, like, I think everybody that came out, especially at that time, like, in the 90s and even the 2000s, like, you, that was, like, one of the things that really pushed you to think like oh you can do this yeah and in fact i remember with our group is like we had three guys and one girl so we were kind of like oh we're sort of like, we're sort of like ucv so janet is amy janet is amy well we actually did that once where we were trying to like if we were like who would we be in ucb like trying Uh-oh. to like who did you who get you? i was you actually oh yeah. Congratulations. that's the best one to be <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> that's what i thought that's a pretty big deal buddy uh, dave was <laughs> nice guy dave was besser and uh, mm-hmm. gabe was ian i think that's kind of what we worked interesting. out interesting yeah that's so, like the Beatles analogy. Like, it who would really you be is. in the Beatles? Not that we're the Beatles, but but basically, sort of <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm George. I'll be George if I was a Beetle. I'll take George. I so yeah, I was you. We're having a looper I'll moment right now. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, this is you guys. I'm just the waitress. There you go. You sure. know, you'll know when you see you know, the movie. There's a waitress, uh, and that's me. Okay. She's nothing special. And now you're on Veep, which is <gasps> so good. super great. Thank you. Uh, really fun. Another amazing cast of people. Mm-hmm. So good. And I thought watching the season, it just kept getting better and better, too. Like, the, you know, I think every show does that. It finds its tone and its feet and the, the dynamics between people more and more. But it was really fun to, to watch it develop like that. Have you been yeah. having fun on the show? Yeah, I think I, absolutely. We uh, are starting our second season. We go out to Baltimore in a week. And I'm psyched because I haven't had a second season of anything since UCB. Oh, wow. So it's fun. To That's get, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I've yeah. done like one and done pilots, one and done sitcoms, one and done sketch shows since then. I, that I mean, is I'm, really crazy. It's crazy, though. Yeah. So to get back into a character that you've gotten to play with for a season and now you get to go back to the character, that's awesome. Yeah. And you really get I think you have an opportunity to get very good at it. So I think over the course of a season you get better. But I think my hope is second season will all be that much better. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm really, really. You watch excited. them, and you and you. Know, I think it's valuable to hear what people respond to. And mm-hmm. not that you cater to what the audience likes, but they see things that you don't like. Everybody loves that Jonah and I are always fighting the yes. the guy from the White House. Yeah, yeah. They really love. They Big see much Jonah. more adversarial <laughs> relationship there than I do because Tim and I are good friends. Mm-hmm. We always hang out and go for drinks. So it's funny to he's see. Great. Too. Yeah, he's amazing. Oh. And same with Reed and. So I, I uh, it's interesting to hear what people respond to, and so it'll be. It, I'm very excited about second season. Very it's such a good show. I was a big fan of In the Loop when that yeah. came out. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that this was a show, and you know Armando was behind it and stuff, and Anna Klumski was back in kind of a similar role. And yeah. stuff, I was like, oh, cool. They're kind of making an In the Loop TV series now, and uh, it, it's really great. I mean, the ensemble is fantastic. Um, we love Tony's yeah. show a few times. Yeah, he's the sweetest um, man. He is great. I he's, love him. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And another, he's another person. I've been rewatching Arrested Development because it's all on Netflix now. Yeah. Um, but it's so fun to watch those shows that you love and you feel them get stronger and stronger. Even with, I think, Arrested Development started out knowing exactly what it was. But I'm, I'm so excited to see Where's this. your TV area? Right back there. In there? Behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. 
Dun, dun, dun. Oh, okay. Voila. Is that's where the magic curtain or just for privacy? Uh, no, it's usually all tied up, and then we'll take pictures in front of it. And then you'll be like, oh. Now I see. I see. <laughs> that's the curtain we were talking about. Okay. It is cool, though, when a show has a chance to, like, figure out what it is. Yeah. Most shows get better. Like, there's not, there's very few shows that's like, well, the first season was the good season, and then it went. No, usually it takes if they time. are, they're like the dramas that were, like, more like based on like a really heavy right. conceit and then once they go through that it's like oh now or what something do we do that with was based directly on a property like a book and then they run out of book yeah right. or like the premise is so awesome like i feel like heroes was a big hit first season yeah and that's it seemed true for some reason it couldn't sustain that premise right. for some right. reason yeah yeah but they just really screwed with up with a show like season. this i think the writers get to know the performers better and can write towards you guys you know toward your strengths do you get any kind of input or what's the like well they're all What's awesome about Veep, or interesting rather, mm-hmm. is the all the writers and the creator are British. So they're all British people, but they're, they skewer American politics yeah. so well, which is amazing. Because they basically know two cultures, and Americans barely know one. Right. So <laughs> because they even know our garbage culture, like on a show like this, they yeah. know all the pop cultural references. It's really amazing what they know. And then the process was, for the first season, um, we went to London for a week and got our first four or five scripts, and would read them and the writers were sitting in the room with us and they could hear the sort of plain spoken cadence that we bring to the work. Right. They have little Britishisms that, you know, they don't know aren't they're not correct. recognized. Yeah. yeah. Right. Words yeah. And yeah. We don't say that. Well, no, we don't say this either. Yeah. So there was that, but there was also each individual actor had a way of taking the character over. So they listened and then they, they learned, they had a learning curve to write for our voices. And then there were moments where we would put the script down and we'd kind of improvise the scene or we'd improvise new scenes because there was a hole in the story and Armando, the creator, director, would be like, oh, we need something here. Why don't you get on your feet? And here's the situation. And, you know, and then, so they would learn from us that way. And then we would do, for every script, we probably did one or two of those sessions. Oh, that's great. The script, but the scripts came in very funny. Like, they're great writers. So yeah. the scripts came in very good. And then they got better and better. And then on the day when we film, we do six or seven takes of the scene is scripted pretty much and then he'll give us like two or three uh takes where it's just like you know say what you want just keep it moving and then some of those lines and those improv takes end up in the show as well yeah do you feel like there's a good ratio of those things ending up there or i couldn't tell you what the yeah. percentage is yeah but through the process you definitely have input and that's really you definitely nice. because they have no ego and they're they're all lovely guys yeah uh, you can pitch them jokes, or do I have to sit? No, no, say whatever you want. Just oh, basically, that's great. as long as it's not a big plot point, yeah. you would never forsake a big plot point. But if it's right. a little bit of a change, they're completely fine with it. I love hearing that's that. That's awesome. Well, yeah. people should definitely check that out when season two comes back because it's a great, great show. Yeah. Oh, also on Netflix, people should check out High Road. High Road. Yeah. yeah first direction. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I I really like the movie and I really like learning about how it was made too. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's one of those where it's really fun to watch it and then the more you know about it, the more fun it is. Yeah. Because you get to imagine everything, you know. Yeah. It was an it's an improvised uh story about a pot dealer who has to go on the run and, and basically fix his life. He meets his father and he meets a kid from the neighborhood. And uh we had like sixty five scenes with about two paragraphs beneath each. And uh, we improvise, or we improvised for two weeks of rehearsal beforehand, so people could understand the tone and the the world uh, and their backstories. And then 
we shot for like 15 days and then we spent about seven months in the edit because there was a lot of footage and a lot of stuff that would never make the final cut. Yeah, I can't imagine the process with yeah. improvised movies, like f- finding the story yeah, you sift, through what you have. You still, you, like I made sure every day we got the plot. Like yeah. make sure you take the gun and go into the car. Like right. Whatever that thing is. Or make sure you kiss her goodbye or whatever that yeah. thing is. You have to get that. But there's a lot of opportunity to do other things or say it different ways. And uh, the DP the, uh, for the movie was a woman named Hilary Spira. And she was like a documentary girl. Uh, from the world of documentary. So she was and her crew were willing to go wherever because with improv actors, you don't know, there's no marks. Right. And they'll leave the set, they'll come back. So <laughs> they were ready to, for anything. And then the direct, the editor was a documentary guy too. Oh, so it was really, everybody it was knew geared how to work for with it. improv. Yeah. That's so smart. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, improv movies are a lot of fun. Like you, you can tell sometimes what stuff in movies that have some improv or some element of them are like the Christopher Guest movies or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You can tell like what stuff is like. You know, really scripted out what stuff's like just fully coming out of these guys' brains. Well, yeah. I, thought, I think that High Road's impressive because it feels written. You know what Good. I mean? I think the energy That's my feels... Goal. The energy feels improvised, but I feel like the script feels written. Like, there's a bunch of lines that feel like you see it on a you know you see it on a paper when you hear it in a, in a right. really good way well like, there were jokes like it was pulled from an actual screenplay that i wrote with a friend of mine josh weiner mm-hmm. and then we knew that no one was ever going to make it so we just decide i just decided i want to direct an improv comedy so we took that story and boiled it down but on the day there were jokes from the script that we would just suggest yeah. to the actors or literally i had joke sheets that i would let the actors read before a scene they could use them or not so there are a lot of written lines in there that made the final cut it feels so good really polished and really fun and another amazing cast did you assemble the cast yourself yeah that's oh, the biggest part that's like, like superheroes 90 uh, percent of comedy is getting the right yeah cast. we had yeah riggle and joe latrulio and lizzie kaplan and andy daly and I don't know, Ed, uh, Ed Helms and Zach Woods, like, couldn't ask for a better cast. Yeah, and another great thing is all that stuff kind of leads back to ECB. Like, most of those people have come out of that theater or performed at that theater or performed there now regularly. So, it's yeah, a, it's a good group. It's pretty great just calling people and say, hey, can you, do you have two weeks in July? You shot it do- in two weeks? Yeah, it was like wow. 13, 15 days. We shot like wow. 13 days consecutively, and I think we had two days of like later on, okay. we shot some stuff to patch some holes. Awesome. Yeah. So good. But right, everybody should watch it on Netflix. They should. Let's do firsts. We do this or buy it. That's better, right? Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it is great. in Target. If you go to Target, it is there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, right. I nice. didn't know that. That's, that's really kind cool. of fun to see a movie you made yeah. in a box Ooh, in a store that you go to. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it's amazing me. to see any movies in boxes at stores now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was <laughs> in Blockbuster there. briefly, but then Blockbuster Blink went away. Did its thing. Poor Blockbuster. It held on for as long as it could. If Blockbuster was... A kid's figure. Like if Blockbuster was Elmo. Oh, that's so <laughs> Would sad. Blockbuster be nice to kids? Not anymore. I don't no. think so. I no. think Blockbuster was rude. doing what it can now. <laughs> Blockbuster has problems. Let's go, honey. Yeah. Let's go, son. Let's go, Let's go, son. Let's go. Why, is Blockbuster, Why is Blockbuster in such a Whiskey. bad mood, Daddy? <laughs> Blockbuster's, Blockbuster's dealing with not the economy, happy. He's okay? tired. Blockbuster's tired. <laughs> he still loves you. You would look oh, tired, too, if you had all those unpaid late fees. Yep. People owe you so much money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. The first question for this particular podcast okay. is, uh, since we're near Halloween, what was the uh, first Halloween costume you can remember making that totally failed? Totally failed. Oh, that's a good question. Um, failed. I did. It's older in life, so um, I had the idea to bring a pun or wordplay to life. So Freddie and Slip was my concept. Mm-hmm. 
So I literally bought like a woman's nightgown slip and p- pinned pictures of Sigmund Freud on it. <laughs> it's kind of a failure because it's like a joke. Because you have to explain it to everybody. Yeah. It's like, what are you? Freudian slip. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Great costume. And where's the punch? Yeah. Well, it's play on words. For you, so. it's, a, it's a bit of a pun. It's a, it's a visual pun. Yeah. Okay. And then did an intentional bad costume because I just wanted people to say, what are you? So I could get offended. Like what did so, you I do? took. I just this is college or post college, like twenties, crazy. I just took like tin foil and I had like a ten foot stick, almost like a broom handle, <laughs> and I taped a two by four to my back and I had one big shoe, whatever, just uh, insanity. Oh, and then so people funny. would say, "What are you?" and I would pretend to be offended, like "Fuck you, man." <laughs> So that was an intentional bad costume. That's a great bad costume. That's That's great. great. Yeah. And just going to a party with a giant (laughs) 10 10 foot stick for no other reason than just to F with people. That was my favorite part. That's pretty awesome. Coming in a door with like a big 10 foot stick. Oh, really? Really? Okay. You know what I am. Come on. I bet some people are still like, what was that? What was that? I feel like a jerk. Uh, How about you, V? What was yours? Um, I love Halloween. Well, especially yeah. as a kid, loved Halloween. And I always like wanted three costumes, like one for trick-or-treating, one for school, one wow. for a party. Like I just was so excited to get to play dress-up that many days in a row. Not scary stuff, just to get to dress-up, basically. But one year um, in the juggle, somehow my mom had been volunteering at a thrift store, and she had found this like felt Smurf costume. And I was like 10 or something, like a little too old, in my opinion, to wear a Smurf costume. But also... It was really nice that she got it. So I was like, okay, I'll wear that trick-or-treating. Um, and it was just really bad. It was like a very – it was all felt, which is not comfortable. Um, like a, a sewn <laughs> – I can't get across how uncomfortable it was. Smurf costume with a felt mask that like snapped into the oh, thing. can't breathe. And so you're like, you can't breathe and it's itchy. And my memory – and it was so cold because I was living in upstate New York. And so like my memory of the night is like trying to drink hot cider, but I couldn't take the thing off and I have these huge Smurf mittens. So I'm just drinking it through the felt. And it's <laughs> so oh, gross. Oh, I was just like so really gross. sad inside that Smurf oh. <laughs> Did you have a bad one? I did. It wasn't so bad as like people couldn't figure out what it was in a sense like my mom had made it for me when i was a kid because mm-hmm. I, I liked the pattern that i saw in the store or whatever i liked it so mm-hmm. it was a shark costume but what it was was like my face was in like the shark's mouth right mm-hmm. so like it was like a, a circle cut out with all the teeth around it and then like the eyes were on the side and it was kind of like you know like a diagonal yeah. like kind of silver thing so it's as if you're like you know if i was to bend over it would look more like a real shark right. but like from standing up like like this right land everybody thought i was a rocket Aww. So they would see me like, you're a rocket ship. I'm like, with teeth, a rocket ship with teeth. <laughs> and fins. And fins. <laughs> I'm a shark. And appetite for blood. <laughs> and like, I think it's actually a pretty nice costume. Like, yeah. there's photos of it and stuff Aww. like that. But like, just people you just have didn't. To pose. They just yeah. didn't understand. Oh, hold on, hold on. It. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> it was far too complicated. It was uh, complex. Yeah. You were ahead of your time, Cole. That's right. But, uh, yeah. and my mom made it for me. It was like a great outfit, but people just did not understand it. And I got a little tired of being like, I'm not a rocket. Should have just gone with it. Even though a rocket. <laughs> It's probably as cool as a shark, yeah, but I'm equal. not a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's time for my questions. Uh-oh. Uh, Matt, I'm going to give you uh, five questions that are uh, trivia on your own work. So let's see how well you remember some And I can give She can give you some clues. All right. You're my lifeline? Yep. Okay. 
but it doesn't cost anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Will I win? <laughs> so much. We'll okay. tell you later. <laughs> okay. We're going to transition to the next part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, question one. You played Walsh in the Todd Phillips comedy Old School. At the party for Luke Wilson's character dubbed Mitchapalooza, who was the musical entertainment? Snoop? Yep. Yes. Well done. That's exciting. Dog then, <laughs> lion now. <laughs> What's that? He changed the name to Snoop Lion. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm so yeah. Out of to get that. in touch with his roster roots. Is this new? It's, How new? Uh, maybe, maybe six months six ago. Six months okay. or so. Snoop Lion? Snoop Lion is okay. what he goes by now. I think it's going to go. He upgraded his operating system. How high was, was he when he came up with that idea? <laughs> he, was he was in, in Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> And somebody somebody told him, like, you are no longer a dog. You are a lion. That is some good weed. Yeah. Now he's he Snoop Lion. I guess, you know, there are worse things he could have been, you know? Yeah. Snoop Marmoset or something. And he's an Snoop artist. Otter. Why not? Madonna re- recreates herself That's every true. year. Prince so why not? does That's it all job. the time. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. That's You've right. been Snoop Dogg a long time. Yeah. But lion is not as good as, like, D-O-double-G. L-I-O-N. L-O. Yeah. No, it might inspire a good album. We don't know. That's, That's true. right. It's too know. early. It's too yeah. early to I say. I think actually he's going to be making a reggae album now. Yeah. That's he said I would was. get that. I would too. I, like I will. Mm. Yeah. And I like Snoop a lot. I don't know. I'm skeptical, you guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you Prove me wrong, Snoop Lion. Be, open. be <laughs> open to the possibility. Prove me wrong. All, <laughs> all right, question two. You played Kevin Beacon in the Comedy Central news team comedy <laughs> Dog Bites Man. So good. The we show was originally shopped at NBC under what title? Wow, that's a great question. Newsbreakers? No, but that News. would be good. What it's about like what this country you are a, proud to be in? American. Uh-huh. Oh. American life or American uh, lives. Yeah. American lives. Yes. Yep. Good one. That's there a good go. question. You did some research. I did. I did <laughs> research. That's a show that uh I liked a lot. Oh, I love Should it. Should have caught on more than it did. That would have been one I would have died for a second season yeah. That, Oh, yeah. I, my hope would have been because towards the end, we were just doing bits with us, and we all had got tired of selling our souls and pranking innocent people. Right. And my hope would have been, because the last episode was like a talk show, and it was mostly us. But we never got to do a second If it had season. come out after The Hangover, I bet Comedy Central would have been like, anything with oh Zach. Oh, my God, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Do forever. Well, it's on DVD now, basically, because Zach Galifianakis is a huge deal. So for anybody who never saw Dog Bites Man, it's out there on DVD. Yeah, yeah. Netflix as well. You should check yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, question three. You played Officer Julian in Michael Gondry's indie flick Be Kind Rewind. Jack Black and most Def's characters remake Hollywood hits on the cheap and use what term to describe them? Mm, aping? Nope. Close. Sort of close. Okay. Um, Duping? It's a country. Yeah. In. And it's kind of like, oh, they have what a nice. What continent design. is the country in? It's in Europe. It's in Europe. Germany? No, more like wooden shoes, but not exactly what Dutching? you're thinking. Not less <laughs> Belgianing? Um, uh, oh, gurdy-gurdy meatballs. Ikea. <laughs> oh, Swede. They Sweeting. were Swede. <laughs> Swede the movies. And that actually That's became a, question. a bit of a thing. People Swede movie trailers all the time. There's a Swede version of the Avengers trailer out there that somebody did. Just a homemade version. Yeah, homemade version. Like, but they're shop that shop, word got in the vernacular because of it? Yeah, I think yeah. That's people, so cool. People I love Swede it. movies all the time. Like if you just put Swede it in on YouTube, a bunch of stuff comes up. A Whoa, bunch of the movie. that's sweet. Uh, that's sweet. Sweet. <laughs> question sweet. four: You played David of Glen Kraken in David Wayne's Larper comedy Role Models. 
Augie, played by Christopher Mintz-Plasz, is kicked out of his country of Xanthia and forms a new country for the Battle Royale with his three friends called what? Kiss My Anthea? Yeah! I'm two for Great four, job. right? Great well, I got them all. By the way, is you got them all. Fantastic. So fun. So isn't good. It? Oh love, my gosh. Love, delightful. Love that movie. It's yeah. really delightful. It's so Ooh. good. Uh, and finally, question five. You starred in the revered sketch show Upright Citizens Brigade, which we've established. In the pilot of the series, a realtor tries to sell a house that has what special room in it? Hot chicks room. There you go. Boom. Done. I knew I was going to get that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be a gibby. Those are good, it, though. Right? Those are good questions. Thanks. Well, I hope you're ready for my questions. Okay. Very different. Um, have you ever met an Olsen twin? Never. Okay. I know someone who slept with an Olsen twin. <gasps> oh, here we I'm go. I'm not going to say a name, but I do. Was it a good experience? I don't know. I think okay. so. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think that's how a, exciting. That's a trophy moment, I'm right? Sure, in Hollywood. Oh, yes. was it the other Olsen twin? <laughs> <laughs> it was an Olsen. <laughs> it was an Olsen. <laughs> okay. Um, I heard that you're playing a Mad Men executive coming up with a cutting edge approach for hot dog campaigns. I'd like to know about the campaign that you're putting together on the show, and also I heard you're in a love triangle on the show. Um, I think. My approach to hot dogs is that moms buy 99% of the hot dogs in America. True. And um, the big question about hot dogs is if they're healthy. But I think we just want to focus on uh, the American value of baseball hot dogs, if you will. So um, is there a brand? Do I have a brand or it doesn't matter? You get to create the brand. I I would just say dinner is a wiener with Oscar Mayer. (laughs) Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. And then who is the love triangle with? Well, Peggy. Peggy's awesome. Whoa. Peggy's awesome. Although, you know what? Don's wife. (gasps) Really? She's she's a beautiful woman, yeah. She is pretty. Beautiful woman. I I would go there. There you go. You've gone there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And now here's a question that I apologize. I'm sure you've gotten it a lot. But it's called Monkey on the Back. And would you rather be... A monkey on the back of the president. Basically, you're riding on his back four days a week, all day. Um, the real president. And you you can only communicate. Like, if you need to go to the bathroom or something, you only get to communicate by whispering in his ear. You don't get to talk to anyone else or explain the situation. Okay. He knows what's going on. He okay. knows there's an arrangement. Or you have a real monkey on your back forever. And never get to explain to people why this is happening. Oh, I'd be on the president. Agreed. It would be maddening to never be able to get the monkey off your back. I can't. It would drive, I mean, you, it would drive you insane. Monkeys, as we've already covered, can be very scary. And to think about having a monkey on your back all the time. Yeah. Very stressful. And you could see a lot of cool things if you're on the back of the president. Yeah, the places you would go. Oh, the places mm-hmm. you'd go. Okay. Um, you've angered a wizard. And he's forcing you to choose between one of two punishments. You're either a total mac and cheese guy, and you bring your own mac and cheese everywhere, including restaurants, and always exclaim, sorry, I'm just a total mac and cheese guy. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, and you also have to, I forgot about this, and in that situation, you also slap every service person on the butt when you say it. So if the waiter comes up and tries to get your order, you have to say, sorry, I'm a mac and cheese guy, boom. Okay. Um, or... You have backwards fingers and an inside chin. I write these so late at night, I look at them and I'm like, what? Um, so What's backwards, I, backwards fingers? fingers is pinkies where the thumb is. They go backwards okay. and they curl backwards. So the oh, outside of your hand. cheese. <laughs> like a mutant. That would just freak people out. And I love okay. mac and cheese. 
patting someone on the butt isn't terrible, I guess. Yeah. I don't yeah, want that. I don't fingers. know why you think that, like, that's Only mac terrible. and cheese forever. And an and inverted having... chin? Yeah. Meaning it goes Concave. into my tongue? Like, it digs into your neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like but you can live Jacob's in life Ladder or something. <laughs> it's like the image of Jacob's Ladder in my mind. Okay, so far the choices have come naturally to you. This is your last question. I heard you're working on another improvised movie, and this one's called Glock Poppers with Scott Bakula, Amy Poehler, Tracy Jordan, and Gina Davis. I'd love to hear a little bit about the plot. Is Tracy Jordan Tracy Morgan? Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> the character from the right. He's actually just the character from Glock Trailer. Poppers, mm-hmm. and the cast is Scott Bakula. Yep. Tracy Morgan, Gina Amy. Davis, and Amy Poehler. Uh, it's Amy Poehler and Gina Davis are like a Thelma Louise duo. Amy's not happy. So her friend Gina Davis takes her on a car ride across the Southwest and they meet Scott Bakula, who's like the the hot guy and Amy has an affair with him. But Scott is with uh, a monkey who's voiced by Tracy Morgan (laughs) (laughs) and together they go to Fort Knox and they rob it. Whoa. And they, they don't win. They don't get out alive. <gasps> oh. They die. <laughs> Thelma and Louise, another page from them. <laughs> but the monkey has a beautiful monologue at the end of the movie. Oh, good. About life and uh, living it and to have lived, you know, briefly is better than to have not lived. <laughs> Just Simeon thoughts happening. Yeah. I love it. Black yeah. Papa sounds hilarious. <laughs> they have Glocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are uh, Glock toters. They yeah. are. Great job, thank we you. Did it. you. Uh, everybody, please follow Matt on Twitter. He's at Mr. Matt Walsh. Uh, you should check out your uh, Chicago Bears podcast. It's not just Chicago Bears, Cole. It's comedy around the sports world, but it is there called BearDownPodcast.com. There you go. Check Listen that out. Listen in America. Um, yeah. You can follow check us out. on there, too. Uh, I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Rackham. The Rackland. podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thanks for being here, Matt. Mm-hmm. This was fun. Yeah. yeah. Delightful. Very delightful. So Thanks for listening. Thanks for the tea. You're welcome. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>